Live from VentureX Studios, it's JP, Kathy, and the crew. Well, good morning. Happy Monday. Welcome to the week. We're getting very close to Thanksgiving time, and we just can't wait for Thanksgiving. A lot to be thankful for. Um, crazy year, but lots to be thankful for anyways. And one of the things that we are always thankful for on JP, Kathy, and the crew is um, our dear friend, our medical correspondent, our medical expert, Dr. Norm Clothier. How are you today? Good morning. I'm doing well. Well, Thanks. Good Happy morning. mid-November. Yes, there you go. Happy yeah, mid-November. Yeah, it is hard to believe that we're almost. You know, I remember all the people dreading, you know, 2020, of course, and wanting 2021 to be here, and all of a sudden it's all sober, and it's not real different. You know, <laughs> yes. there's a little more sign of hope, but uh, but it's interesting, uh, the changes. So here we it are is. already it six is. weeks from the end of the year. Which is, uh, which is crazy. So we're about to be in 2022 and everybody just keeps thinking, okay, this is the year that we get back to normal, but I don't, I don't know what normal is. Nah. I don't know what that looks like. Um, we shall see. You are covering an important topic that's always near and dear to myself and to my family. We are allergy sufferers, um, except for my son yeah. right now, who's miraculously the only one on allergy shots. Go figure. He's the only one allergy free. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the rest well, of us should odd. get to the allergy yeah. doctor. <laughs> but um, You mean seeing a doctor and getting a, a respected yeah. treatment rather than what just having about? Facebook? What is that? Yeah. about well you know and that's, that's the thing amazing. you know dr clothier there are so many folks um finally people are talking about the flu again because it wasn't like the flu just went away the flu is still around i've had a couple of folks who've gotten hit hard, pretty hard with the flu um this season so but how do we know and especially now you know you can be in a grocery that's store hard. and you can sneeze or sniffle or kind of <clears throat> you know clear your throat and it's almost like you have to look around and mm-hmm. say it's not covid i've just got allergies oh, yeah, so whatever yeah. yes it so help, help us you know, with the difference it, yeah it's very difficult because there are so many crossover symptoms and of course the reason is we're talking about respiratory symptoms yes. so there's only a certain subset of respiratory symptoms you can have right you can have congestion you can have brain nose you can sneeze you can cough you can rub your nose you can rub your eyes you could have eye discharge like itchy eyes uh, and a little bit of sore throat, and you have sinus pressure. That's really about all you right. have with sinus symptoms or upper respiratory symptoms. So it's hard to sort that out. So the the best correlation, and people are trying very hard to try to, you know, sort of decide how to sort out one illness from another. And of course, the illnesses would be uh, common colds, which been around forever, and we've never found a cure. Uh, one type of coronavirus. Uh, or several types, rather, do cause common colds. Then there's COVID-19, which is a clearly meaner virus that can kill. And, you know, that's the difference there. And then there's influenza, then there's uh, just allergies. And, of course, you can have an inflammatory congestion that's not pollen-related to right. so, so-called non-allergic rhinitis. And that's like if you clean out the garage, you get a ton of dust. Uh, it may or may not actually be allergies. It may be the uh, chemical irritation of the dust and the uh, stored up stuff, for instance. So, uh, or like smoke exposure. Yes. You know, those are all non-allergic rhinitis deals. So the best way to sort that out is, strangely enough, 
sore throat. Doesn't seem to happen much with either flu or coronavirus. And, you know, that's just one of those kind of crazy things. There are other bacteria that can cause it, other viruses. There's, of course, the ever notorious strep throat, which most people know they have if they have it because it feels like glass in the throat. And it really hurts to swallow. Right. But that is, interestingly, not really correlated with COVID-19, for instance, or influenza. So then we get into the more difficult realm of influenza versus COVID. And the biggest difference may be the loss of taste or smell with COVID. And okay. usually with influenza, you may lose appetite. You may, you know, feel horrible. Most people tell me they feel like they're going to die. You know, or feel like they've been run over by a truck, yes. and I'm not making those things up. Because oh no, people really do feel that lousy, right? And so, yeah, uh, you know that. But the challenge is, of course, there are people with COVID-19 that tell me that, but more people have influenza who have the severe body aches, extreme dry cough, and usually a high fever, 102.5 or more. And so, of course, you know, now that both are uh, minimalized by having a vaccine then, you know, we hope that people, of course, will get those vaccines and reduce the risk of illness and the severity. And I'll tell you, the, the correlation, I've always said this for 20-plus years of uh, influenza treatment with the shot, I think there are some things that people really need to realize. One is that you cannot get the flu from the shot. It doesn't matter how many times you've said, every time I get the shot, I get, <laughs> I the, get flu. the flu. Yeah. It doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't matter what your neighbor says or the person on Facebook. You cannot get the flu. The only way you can get the flu from a flu immunization is the nasal spray is a live virus that's made to be a tiny dose of live virus to challenge the body with getting the flu, forming immunity, and then, you know, moving forward from there, being ready to face the big flu to get it. Right. The injection, so therefore, by definition, the flu shot, does not give people the flu because it is a purified protein from the flu. And it's, uh, it is made to allow the body to form antibodies that will then respond if you are faced with influenza. So as is true with COVID shots, and I want to make sure people understand this because I think it's important, that does not mean a flu viral particle will never touch the body. And so if you get your flu shot, and you get somebody who sneezes or coughs flu into your face, for instance, you may get a very mild case before you start to form that immune response and then fight it off successfully. So when I see people in the office who feel like they're sick and have had the flu shot, they sit up and say, boy, this kind of feels like the flu. You know, it's uh, it's not that severe, but it's there. And that may very well be influence in somebody who had the flu shot who is successfully fighting it off. So it's not 100% protection at every second of the day. Right. And the the people who get influenza who have not had the flu shot in opposition to sitting up and saying they feel kind of sick are often literally like laying on the table under a blanket saying, oh, I feel horrible. I can't even move. I can't sit up. And those people have influenza without the immunization and are much sicker. And so that's a very good uh, representation too of how the COVID vaccines are working is that people may pick up some viral particles. You know, that's life. You breathe, 
you can pick up some viral particles. But if you have immunity ready to go to fight it off, you have minimal symptoms and maybe none. You may be an asymptomatic carrier, but you don't get the overwhelming syndrome in which we see people in the hospital, intubated, dead, things like that. So it is a uh, you know very protective factor. Now, I hear a lot of people talk about everything from vitamin C to echinacea to uh, elderberry. All those things may have a little bit of an effect in heading off severity of symptoms with influenza. The problem is that despite uh, Dr. Linus Pauling's life work being to prove that vitamin C uh, caused no infection or reduced infection, he never could prove it. He has now passed away because he uh, worked many years ago. And many other people have tried to prove that vitamin C helps. And I do think that many people who take vitamin C feel better, but the actual rate of infection is the same. And I think the reason is that you still can get viral particles into your body if you take vitamin C or if you don't. Well, and Dr. Clothier, and it's interesting, and again, you know, we're always saying, and I know you're, you say this as well, you know, absolutely take your vitamins, you know, eat healthy, walk, hydrate, all of the good, good advice you always give us. But, you know, you'll see there are medications or, um, supplements that are out there and they'll be like this reduces the time um the duration of your flu or of your cold so you're saying you're going to have the flu if you're going to have it for five days or seven days or whatever you're going to have it for that amount of time so basically these supplements that are out there that's false advertising you may feel better because of the increased vitamins is what you're saying yeah you might Okay. Um, and I tell you, you won't get as sick if you have been vaccinated. Okay. Uh, almost always. I mean, unless you have some other immunosuppressive thing, or you get just overwhelmingly swarmed with viral particles. You know, if you walk in a room of six people all coughing with the flu, you're <laughs> yeah. going to get a higher viral load, and you know, than you would if you pass by somebody in the store that coughs and you pick up a few particles right. in the air. So a lot of it's about the viral load. But yes, you know, the the classic issue that many people don't want to even think about, but is true, is that supplements do not have to have studies that are double-blinded, placebo-controlled studies to show that there is improvement. You could, you know, advertise whatever you want on uh, a supplement, and sometimes the FDA comes down on that if people are specifically identifying a disease that it'll help treat. There was a case of a local supplement maker a few years ago that was claiming reduced risk of infection with cystic fibrosis with their supplement. That was so specific that the uh, the authorities came down on that and said, you have no information that proves this. And so they were fined and had to quit advertising that. But that, as opposed to a prescription medicine that must prove what it does, and give you numbers on that and such for the right. efficacy. The the supplements do not have to. And I believe that's largely why, you know, so many people talk about, oh, I take zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D, and so I won't get COVID. Well, that's not true. You still can get viral particles. The only truth there is that zinc does have some antiviral properties, some. It's not perfect. But I would suggest it's somewhere in the realm of, you know, reducing the effect of the virus once the virus hits the body. 
And then vitamin D only has been found that people with a normal vitamin D already seem to have less intensity of symptoms when hospitalized with COVID. Right. And so it doesn't mean you won't get it. It may mean you end up in the hospital with it and maybe you won't be as sick. But those are not reasons to not get a vaccine, for instance, if you take vitamin D or zinc or vitamin C. And vitamin C is actually still no correlation to improvement, despite the fact that people would love for that to be true. It just hasn't been shown to be true. So, you know, I think you do have to be kind of careful about how much faith you put in supplements because there's really not a great basis for faith in those. And the, you know, the other challenge, and we hit the two-year mark on COVID-19 being identified back on October 27th. So it's been now two years and two weeks since we've known about COVID-19. And, you know, I would suggest that being realistic about it, it is shockingly amazing that we have three vaccines, we have monoclonal antibodies, we have other ideas as a treatment just in two years. And we just don't know the long-term effects of the virus. If you get the virus, we don't know exactly how mutagenic it is, how many mutations will come in the next few months. And we don't know how much supplements can help with the long run, the long term. You know, if you heard the first couple of weeks, oh, you know, vitamin C, zinc, and, and vitamin D are helpful. Well, you know, that's a nice bit of information, but nobody had any evidence more than a handful of weeks on that. Right. And we just have to be real about that, I think. You know, and and it's, um, again, I would say it's shocking that we have all the progress we've had in just two years. You know, if you think about AIDS was defined back in the late 1980s, and there still hasn't been any successful vaccine because of the mutagenic nature of the virus and such. And the reason, you know, there's nothing weird about boosters. I, I'm now hearing all kinds of comments about, oh, you know, that must not have been much of a shot if there's a booster. Well, nearly every vaccine has a booster. And the reason is people's bodies are dynamic and they change in terms of having antibodies and immune response and the virus changes with uh, mutagenic potential so that it changes to adapt to a host that can carry it to the next person, for instance. So, you know, with all those changes, there's no surprise. We've had an annual flu shot for ages. We have, uh, you know, boosters on tetanus and flu shot and um, pneumonia shots and shingles. And, you know, it's just, it's the nature of, of the business. You have dynamic humans, you have dynamic viruses. And that combination is a, a challenge. So this fall, too, we've had a lot of allergies uh, a lot of ragweed, and every time we have a windstorm that almost blows your house down, it blows stuff in. And I just want to comment to sort out allergies from COVID, from influenza, from strep, and all that. It's usually the gut feeling, frankly, of, oh, this is what I get every fall when I sniff and sneeze. And, of course, allergies are not expected to cause fever. And if you have fever, you probably have infection because there are no other things that typically cause fever. I don't want to get into all the other obscure things that can, but allergies alone should not cause fever. If you have fever, you're likely ill. If you don't have fever and you sneeze and you feel like you do every fall, you likely have your pollen allergies. And so that's the other thing to sort out there. 
I would encourage, you know, we're at, at 10 days out from Thanksgiving. Yes. If you're sick, you need to excuse yourself from a family gathering. Don't don't excommunicate yourself from the family, but just gently say, you know, I just, I'm sick and I think I'll join on Zoom or phone or FaceTime or call, uh, you know, or, or send a note or whatever. But I guess the phone and the call are the same. But anyway, um, you know, it's just, important to not infect your relatives don't end up 10 days after the holiday having regret because you've had an elderly relative pass away from infection and i think too you know we do see people with pneumonia at the time of the year more than others and that's probably the influence of influenza it's certainly the influence of covid in the last two winters and if you start to get really sick like you feel short of breath you feel you know like your cough is super heavy if you're coughing up stuff if you cough up any blood, you know, things like that where you just feel ill and usually have high fever and extreme fatigue, you need to see a doctor. Right. You need to get a chest x-ray. You need to see what's going on. Don't try to be the hero riding out the storm and then someone at Thanksgiving hoping you're okay because, you know, you just blew your nose and, and don't make people sick. Just really respect other people. I think it's it's just important. I'm amazed how many stories I'm still hearing about people who got sick last year at the holidays. And almost always the story goes something like, oh, you know, I, uh, we had a cousin who said they had a little fever, but it was just a low-grade fever. Yeah. It didn't seem to be a big deal. And then 11 out of 15 people end up getting COVID after that. You know, it's. I think you just have to be respectful of the fact that it's a mean virus. Influenza is a mean virus. Every year, twenty to 40,000 people die of influenza uh, with COVID in the in america and with covid in the last year there have been an average of three hundred and fifty thousand per year so more than 10 times as many and that's why we need to respect covid too well and and, and the thing is like with the flu yeah and again it's I, I use the analogy you know and even if your kids are grown you still know this as a parent if your kid has fever if they are sick you don't send them to school. So why would you go to a family party kind of a thing? Um, and yeah. again, and Only even, if you hate your family. Yeah, just, I want them all to get sick, yeah. you know, which is horrible. It's but bad, it, it? But, yeah. but the thing is, it's like, um, Dr. Clothier, you know, um, even when COVID wasn't around, you know, did you want to get, oh, did sure. you want to give your family strep throat or the flu? So I think even, you know, nowadays you want to be even more diligent um, you know, and, and the great thing is you can FaceTime or Skype or, you know, video with somebody, yeah, have somebody, you know, drop off a to-go a to-go plate, you know, at your door if you even feel like eating. Um, yeah, just, again, just be, just use your head. Just use your head. Yes. Yes, the brain's a terrible thing to lose, <laughs> and so you do want to definitely use it. And, you know, it is interesting because I think in the COVID era, it has raised the conversation level about illness symptoms right. i think in the past people would say oh i'm not that sick you know but sick is sick and and some people are more susceptible to infection than others you know that's yes. the other thing i hear with people saying oh you know i had covid in june and i was only sick for four days and i think well you know then you are very fortunate yes. you're one who yeah. got through it very well you don't know if your spouse your child your parent your grandparent your uncle whatever We'll get there that well. So you just can't go and infect them and say, oh, you know, I was, I'm not feeling that bad. They won't feel that bad. You just don't want to have that 
that factor going on, you know? And uh, so just, you know, be careful. And it, as you already mentioned, it's always important to exercise. Be smart about nutrition. Think before you eat. Don't overdo. Don't leave turkey sitting out to where it'll get infected because it gets infected quickly at room temperature. It gets, um, you know, the potential to cause you a gastroenteritis. Yes. And, and uh, it's absolutely worth, you know, I, that I go walking every day. If Thursday morning of Thanksgiving, go get a walk or a walk after lunch go out and get some activity don't you know don't be a glutton and uh just say bloated all day just you know have a plan enjoy what you like don't overdo and don't make yourself sick yep i and again i think it's just really simple I, you know, and these are things dr clothier again even before covid you know you've been you've been with jp yeah. and i on the radio for years and years and years now and you're always you're always talking about just basic common sense things and i go back to and this is something you compared it to years ago you know would you know would you send your kid to school if they had fever even a low grade fever low grade fever is a fever the answer is no so just be smart about it and then like i said and i i just feel like anytime i'm in the store and i do suffer from allergies if i sneeze if there's anyone close to me i'm like i have horrible allergies allergies or I have asthma you know it's so funny how don't you feel like in this you know current COVID yeah. world you you, know, you have to say old, that uh, guilty dog barks first right <laughs> oh just kidding but the uh but you know you're right I mean it's weird the, you know a year and a half ago back in the peak of of no information on COVID you right. know when we thought it was on every surface and there was no vaccine whatever I remember my wife and I were walking down the street uh, on our morning walk and a guy was walking the other way, and he coughed, and we, like, looked at each other like, oh. I, you know, and I, I thought know. to myself, you know, a year ago, we would never have thought about that. We were outside. We were fine. Obviously, this was fine. But it's weird how, you know, we're all on edge about that because you can't help it to be on edge when you hear about it all the time. Right. So, yeah, I think, you know, you you just have to plan to cover your mouth when you cough sneeze you know the old cough into the elbow sneeze into right. something other than somebody's face and and then uh you know have some process where you can wash and and you know clean up so that you don't infect anybody with anything because even though you're certain you have allergies there is a fear factor there's a bias and you know also some people have allergies will get COVID. some people have allergies right. will get influenza yeah. so you don't know when you turn that corner, so you gotta just be careful. Yeah, just be and, just be smart. You know, Use common sense. In. Yeah, common yeah, exactly. common and sense. And twelve hours in, you get a fever. You know, there's more to it, and then you get even more cautious and more isolated. And you know, all those things just have to be done in a smart way. We don't want to kill out our society. You know, okay. it, it, that's a uh, that's a big deal. Well, well have a great week, thank Kevin. you. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next Monday. And then um, I just appreciate all the information and advice. So just if you feel, if you're currently sick, like Dr. Clothier said, probably not a good time to spend um, with your family during Thanksgiving. Skype, FaceTime. Um, yeah, we're know, getting within else. the number of days where you're going to have to be honest and careful. Yep. And, and you know, do that test. Do that COVID test before you go see a sick family member. And, you know, if it's positive, don't say, oh, you know, that must be a false positive. It won't infect them. Uh, you know, just, just be honest. I'm amazed how many people sorry. want to skirt the rules. Yep, better yeah. safe than sorry. Well, Absolutely. thank you. Have a blessed week, Dr. Right. Clothier. We appreciate you. Thank you, you too.
All right. Um, uh, some some good information there. You know, just I, I think it's kind of um, just common sense. And let me know when JP hops into the waiting room. Um, yeah, just it, just some common sense um, uh, that you can practice. Uh, sometimes common sense is not commonly practiced. So um, just just be smart about it. And um, I think he gave some really good indicators as far as what. How do you know when it's your allergies? How do you know when it's the flu? How do you know when you need to stay home from work or school or don't or you know don't go out in public and expose anybody else to anything? So just um, always good information to follow. And if you don't have a family doctor, uh, get in touch with Dr. Norm Clothier. Um, he has got um, a great practice and a number of members of the. Um, the crew go there. Um, JP is going to be hopping on here in just a second. I'm hearing um, exclusive. Uh, this just uh, 10 minutes ago came across on text from uh, Texas Monthly. I just, uh, uh, somebody just sent this to me. Um, exclusive, Beto O'Rourke is running for governor. The former congressman from El Paso talked to Texas Monthly about why he thinks he can beat Greg Abbott, whether he regrets his 2020 presidential campaign, and whether his politics are too liberal for Texas. So um, uh, for months, Texas Democrats have failed to field a single serious candidate to challenge Governor Abbott's reelection bid. But today, Beto O'Rourke is announcing in Texas Monthly that he is, he is entering the 2022 gubernatorial race. The former three-term congressman from El Paso, who had run losing bids for U.S. Senate against Ted Cruz in 2018 and for president in 2020, is not expected to face any serious challenger for his party's nomination. He will seek to become the first Democrat to win statewide office in Texas since 1994, ending the longest statewide losing streak in America for either party. Um, it will be an uphill battle. Abbott, who has raised more than any other governor in U.S. history, had $55 million in his campaign treasury as of July 15th, the last time he reported the size of his war chest. Um, January 15th, there will be another reporting. Um, uh, he reported, uh, he, while polling has found that Abbott is not as popular as he once was, O'Rourke's numbers are worse. The University of Texas poll conducted in October found 43% of Texans approved of the job Abbott is doing, 48% disapproved, but only 35% respondents had favorable opinion, had a favorable opinion of O'Rourke against 50% had an unfavorable view. Um, running for Senate three years ago um, against a polarizing cruise, this is Texas Monthly's words, not mine, um, O'Rourke had some success courting moderates. About half a million Texans who, who voted for Abbott also voted for O'Rourke. He lost by two, only 2.6%, 2 but in 2019, seeking the Democratic nomination for president, the El Pasoan pivoted to appeal to a national base of Democrat primary voters and campaign contributors. He moved left on energy, guns, boy howdy he did, health care, immigration, providing the Abbott campaign with an arsenal of provocative quotes. It has packed into a preemptive 30-second digital attack titled Wrong Way O'Rourke. Uh, so I can't wait to watch this. I'll be watching that after the show. Um, interesting. So what are your thoughts on this? I think um, right now when we've got, and, and uh, if, Brett, if you'll let me know as soon as JP's um, uh, in 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 on our zoom um he and this this brings me to another article i want to pull up really quick about gas prices um so you know you've got folks in in texas well all over the country my goodness look at virginia literally look at virginia look at new jersey um but virginia we took got the governorship lieutenant governorship the attorney general's office 
um, handily. And that's a blue state. Texas is still a red state. I know people want to make us purple. And um, I just think, and, and having um, chaired along with Senator Paxton, Victory 2020 here locally um, for the Republican Party, you know, I saw trends two years ago with people being very fearful of government overreach. I think in 2022, you've got people who, there's not a fear of government overreach. There is government overreach. I mean, my goodness, look at the, you know, look at the bill that's, and I say bipartisan, whatever, um, the the bill um, for infrastructure that's being signed in by Biden. Um, you know, look, look at gas prices, and, and this is in, you know, in, in Texas. Oh, it was JP. Hey, JP, I was just talking about Beto O'Rourke being in for governor. What are your thoughts on that? Huh? Oh, still connected. Uh, JP, can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. I was just talking about old Beto O'Rourke. He is officially in for running against Abbott for the governor of Texas. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? And then, my gosh, have you seen or has your family talked about, you know, we're talking about rising gas prices. Um, California is set sets a new record for high average gas price. And I know you've got family there. Their, their average gas price, JP, $4.67 a gallon. So I, I'd like to know what your thoughts are on Beto O'Rourke being in the race. Is he too liberal for Texas? And then would love to know what your family, who they're paying these gas prices in California. Um, so first and foremost, in regards to Beto O'Rourke, uh, if, if the Republican Party doesn't get it together, uh, we will have a Democratic governor. Uh, Beto O'Rourke's going to have a ton of cash poured in. He's going to use anything and everything possible to expand the cracks uh, that exist with our candidates running for governor. If we're not careful in our primary and we tear down our candidates, that's going to feed the flames in November. And so we need to be very careful how we tread, make sure that uh, we don't tear down the house to try to build a new one. Because if we do, then Beto O'Rourke will sneak in and become the governor of Texas. And so I think that we need to come together as a party and be very careful in our primary what we do and how we attack. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I couldn't agree more. I, you know, I've seen I think out of frustration, what I'm noticing and when I talk to Republicans, um, they're so upset with what's going on in the administration that that you feel like you have no control. And, and we really don't. I mean, re- literally, there's been so much government overreach by the Biden administration. Um, and so instead of saying this is our common enemy, we've got to be really careful because we're turning in on each other and we're tearing each other to shreds. And if we're, and again, you know, now there's a ton of information um, from when Beto ran for president that the Abbott campaign will use uh, against Beto, his own words, you know, I'm going to come get your guns, I'm going to knock on your door, I'm going to do this, that, and the other. Um, But then we don't want to give the Democrats so much fodder. I see on social media Republicans tearing into each other, and it just breaks my heart because I'm like, wow, if I'm the Democrat Party chairman, they're my campaign talking points. So, um, yeah, we do have to we do have to really be careful for that. But I just I feel like if the Republicans are smart, we're going to reach out and appeal to we the people um, and say, hey, don't let's not Biden our Texas, you know, um, 
And when, if, what? And if what? If we act yeah. right, yeah. If we act right, there should be no reason we we win the governor's house again. Right. Right. And what do I mean by that? There are two major issues that will kill Beto's campaign as long as we're behaving. Uh, one is immigration. Immigration Amen. Policies, Amen. We as Texans do not roll with the rest of the country. And we see what's going on. We feel what's going on. Uh, a Republican candidate for governor will win those counties that are along the border, which traditionally we do not. Uh, Donald Trump proved that in his presidential election, even when he lost to Biden. And so, number one, we went on, on border. So there's no doubt in my mind we can, can maintain the governor's house. Number two is going to be the economy. And Beto O'Rourke can't hide from the fact that he is a hyperinflation, spend the taxpayers' money, lie about taxing them about it yes. uh, kind of candidate. Because yes. that's where he comes from. And so as long as, again, it is for us to lose. It kind of goes back to that Clayton Williams race with Ann Richards. Ann Richards didn't win the governorship. <laughs> yes. Boy, one of the biggest and missteps so the in political history. Yeah. I, and, I, and I think there's, JP, I think there are so many things. Um, and, and then I want to get to an update about your dad because the crew's been asking about your dad and we've all been praying for him. But uh, yeah, I think there's so much material to use especially right now, but Republicans just, we need to be smart and we need to tell folks, Hey, we, we are all, we're against government overreach. We want the the border to be secure, you know, kind of don't, I, I think if we get the philosophy going, don't Biden my Texas, that can help us up and down the ballot. But again, then we, we can't be, you know, tearing each other to shreds and expect for us to survive in, in an ugly general and well-funded, like you said, JP, you know there's going to be so much money from California, from New York, from D.C. flooding into Texas. They, uh, California, they love they love Beto. They love him. They will they will fund his campaign here in Texas. Well, and they will. And again, the, the, the sad thing is is that Texans don't line up with Beto at all on anything mm. he believes in, um, especially along the border, especially economically. Yep. And so what, what we look at is, is this, can we not lose this race ourselves? Yep. Can we have gentlemen scholars running for governor? And then when that's over, we support the person who wins so that we can win in November. And right. again, that's going to be the big question. I mean, we seem to have forgotten and lost the, uh, the Reagan way of doing things and it's cost us in, in previous years. And so, you know, that's my prediction. My prediction, as long as we can behave ourselves, take care of our own business yep. and our own house, Beto O'Rourke will actually go down in flames. It's not going to be like the Ted Cruz. Oh, uh, it won't Senate be close race. like that. What you're right. Yep. So, yep. It's it's a different it's a so different Biden time. Has changed everything. Yeah, Biden has absolutely changed everything. Um, okay, it's something that we want to know <laughs> that we're we're anxious to talk about is your dad's progress. How's Stan the man doing? Um, I, you know, we love him. I hope you're you're telling him that he's got the crew praying for him. What's the latest update? Because I know your dad is still in the hospital. So. Um, First of all, thank you for all your prayers. We, we want to continue that. Um, I'm a huge believer in prayer. Prayer equals energy. 
and positive energy to God uh, is what routes back to those who are in need of prayer. And so we definitely don't want you to stop doing that. Um, he's much better than when he went in 14 days ago. Um, he is lucid. His mind is strong. Uh, they've got him stable. Uh, they have really truly dug in this time and found what's going on. And we have a plan to go forward. Uh, we have a great cardiologist and Dr. Shalek, uh, even allowing him to see his dog yesterday for 45 minutes. Oh, I, I uh, love those pictures. Cool. That was like the best. I yeah. mean, what a what a great doctor, because literally, and anybody who doesn't know your dad, um, first of all, they should. But his love for his little pug, Cleo, is is the sweetest thing. It's, it is a great love story between Cleo and Stan. And when I saw that the doctor said, you know what? Yeah, bring the dog into the hospital. There's no better medicine. <laughs> There's just not. Well, and it's, yeah, and it's, it's been amazing. It's, it's been fantastic. I knew that if I could get him to Baylor Scott and White Heart Hospital, yeah. um, that we would be in good hands. Yeah. And because, again, I know that legacy cardiologists are the ones that staff that for the most part. And um, and he has. He's had a great kidney doctor. Uh, he's got a great cardiologist. They hit it off right off the bat. Um, it was funny. The cardiologist said, I don't normally spend this much time in a room. I got to go. <laughs> he had spent so much time getting to know my dad, getting to know me. And um, yesterday was much the same way when he visited with him. So the, the big thing is, is that they found two veins that are very narrow okay. in the back of his heart. Uh, they're going to go in and put stents in. Uh, it's just trying to figure out, will his kidney support it? So they also want to do an angiogram at the same time. And so uh, his kidneys have been fantastic. So again, we're, we're in much better shape than in the past. I know that when we've been in previous hospitals, it's been about patching them up and kicking them out. Yeah. And this is about finding what's wrong and fixing them. Mm. So Awesome. Um, we appreciate awesome. all the prayer and support. Um, I feel for those folks who sleep on the couches in hospital bedrooms. Oh, God bless you. When I when I went to I bring when I went to bring y'all some um, some real food, so to speak, um, the other night, I, I couldn't believe. I was like, "How are you even sleeping?" And I know you're not. I know you're uh, you're up every couple of hours because that cannot <laughs> that could not be comfortable space. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Plus, I check on my dad too every couple hours, yeah. so. Yeah, he's good, and so keep praying. We've we got will. Big stuff coming, so we will. And please keep us posted, and please let him know that we send our love and our prayers. And just he's on so many prayer lists, um, and just on a regular basis, several times a day, people are saying how you know how's JP's dad. So please let him know that he's loved and prayed for. I will absolutely do that. I will. Talking about my other family in California with gas prices. So a lot of those gas prices are going to be in like Orange County, Los Angeles, San Diego, San Francisco, up in the mountains. Um, the Valley doesn't necessarily have those gas prices. Um, but again, the Valley is normally pretty conservative. Right. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it's rampant in, in vacation spots, it's rampant in big cities. Uh, Fresno, I think, is still hovering like just under four dollars a gallon. Okay. So, but it's craziness. I mean, it, you know, it takes all your income up. 
can't afford to drive to work. No, I know. That's what's insane. So, um, you know, now that you've got more people, now some people, some offices are just, they're permanently shut down. People are working from home. But the folks who are having to go back into an office, and then think about it, all of, you know, well, we need all of these delivery trucks to be up and moving. We've got such a huge issue with the supply um, supply chain, the supply demand and supply chain. You know, it's scary because it's it's ridiculous. Like, I, I finally made a pledge to myself. I think I may have told you this the other day. I am not going to go to the grocery store and fill up with gas on the same day anymore because both of them tick me off so bad that I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to find one day a week that I fill up with gas, and it's not going to be the same day that I walk out of the grocery store. My groceries, and again, I'm a creature of habit, buy pretty much the same stuff or close to the same stuff each week, $19 more, and that's an increase from the last week. It's ridiculous, JP. Yeah. Well, in- inflation's not done. No. Um, I don't understand. I think it's funny that uh, Biden said he had done with trickle-down economics. <laughs> and so I guess he was excited about jumping into hyperinflation economics <laughs> because that's where we're at. Um, the price of food oh. has jumped tremendously <sighs> in the grocery store uh, and in a restaurant. If you go out to restaurants regularly, you know, the, the bottom line is this. The bottom line is is that we have got to take back our country in the interim election. Yeah. Yep. There is just no doubt the midterms have to belong to us so we can shut this president Amen. down. Amen. So before he destroys us. I mean, his his approval ratings on ABC, this is ABC, is 41%. Wow. I didn't see that. In the Washington Post, 39%. Wow. And these are his, that, you know, these yeah. people love him. I was going to say, these are the and folks who dig so, his scene, Yeah. Yeah, wow. so those are his poll numbers. Interesting. Well, I yeah. I just need to get him a poll and wish him the best. Yeah, good, good luck with all that. Um, well, let's talk something fun. Let's talk some football. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Things are happening, and they're moving fast. Let's talk college football first, and we'll end with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I can't call them the Cowgirls, that's for sure. Boy, how do so, you can't, can't after this game? No, that's for sure. All right, so let's talk. First and foremost, Notre Dame. What are they, Kathy? <laughs> they are Jesus's team. I don't know. Ba- Baylor might be. My my husband would give you an argument on Baylor's Jesus's team right now. <laughs> they could well, could be, although they lost the TCU. Yes, so, they did. Yes, I remember with the Boomer Sooner victory, but you know. Um, all joking aside, Notre Dame number six in the country beats Virginia twenty eight three. No problem. Arkansas takes LSU down. Definitely not LSU's year. Uh, they're ranked number 21, Arkansas is. They get back into the top 25. They win 16-13 to 13 in overtime. Uh, number 25, NC State, barely loses to number 13, Wake Forest, 45-42. to 42. Here's the big humdinger, right? This is the one I don't get. So Baylor loses to TCU. Oklahoma State makes mince meat pie out of TCU. They win that game 63-17. to 17. Wow. And I, just, I, I mean, that's, yeah, it, it, you know, 63, again, you're just, those, that's not a normal football number. That's a the lower basketball. basketball number, but it's not a football number. Yeah. That's crazy. Number 23, San Diego State handles Nevada 23-21. Number four, Oregon. So, <clears throat> pardon me, Oregon has themselves in a position to talk national championships. 
Number four, Oregon is up or wins that game in Washington or against Washington State, thirty-eight to twenty-four. Watch the Ducks. You know, I have a feeling they're going to stay in the national championship spotlight. So, watch the Oregon Ducks. Are they peaking at the right time? So we're going to find out. Another big game, and, and of course, this one. If you are a um, if you are a Big Twelve fan. Uh, the big game of the week would have been Oklahoma and Baylor. Wowee. Yeah. Yeah, Baylor comes out of a TCU loss, probably hungry and pissed off. Oh, yeah, just, yeah, a little mortified, I would imagine, yeah. Oklahoma can't seem to get it together at the quarterback position. Uh, Williams came in and won a few games. They thought he was the answer. Baylor's defense quickly showed them he wasn't. They bring Rattler in thinking, okay, Rattler can go deep against this Baylor defense. Yep, wrong. <laughs> Strike two. And uh, Baylor comes out with a big win, 27-14. to 14. It's interesting. What I'm seeing on Facebook is, yeah, Oklahoma deserves to lose, but the way Baylor handled it at the end was just classless. Man, whatever. <laughs> you lost. <laughs> the Boomer Sooner caravan got pushed over the side, and Baylor wins 27-14, to 14, which now makes the Big 12 championship game very interesting. Yes. Uh, Texas could have it all been Texas this year. Even with that loss to Oklahoma, they'd be sitting right now in the Big 12 championship. As it looks right now, this is going to be a toss-up. you got Baylor, you got Oklahoma, and then you got to watch and see what Oklahoma State is going to do. And so it's going to be an interesting uh, Big 12 championship game. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it may be an all Oklahoma Big 12 championship game. So buckle up and get ready because it's going to be a lot of fun. That is for sure. Yeah, well, um, college football has been fun this season. It really has. Yes, it has. It has not let down at all. That's for sure. All right, number 19, Wisconsin takes down Northwestern 35 to 7. No surprise there. Number two, Alabama beats up on New Mexico State, 59-3. to Number eight, Michigan takes down the once-ranked Penn State Nittany Lions, 21-17. Uh, Houston takes down Temple, 37-8. to And then Utah, number 24, Utah beats Arizona, 38-29. to You know, number one, Georgia, uh, had an easy time with number 17, Tennessee. I will tell you that right now it looks pretty clear that Georgia has the beat on being uh, pretty much the national champion. They, I don't. It's like they're playing kids out there, Kathy. <laughs> yeah. I, it, again, it just it, it's it's been a fun season. It's been a fun season. I've got as a matter of fact, real quick, JP, and you'll appreciate this. I I wanted to save this for you for the show, um, Brett. If you can throw this up on the screen, I, and this is to mix a little 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 fun in with our football today. I know you'll appreciate this. So I, I pulled this off of um, Marvell, a friend of ours, um, off her Facebook page. This meme is going around. So it says Alabama beat Arkansas and Arkansas fired their coach. Alabama beat Tennessee and Tennessee fired their coach. Alabama beat Auburn and Auburn fired their coach. Inquiring minds want to know, how do we get the White House to play Alabama? Right. That's pretty funny. I know. I just love that. Good luck with that. Yeah, I know. I know. A girl just can dream. Our, it is. Round out our top ten. Um, big game. A&M had a chance 
to really put themselves back in the top 10. They go up to Mississippi at Ole Miss, and Ole Miss handled business. Uh, yep. A&M could not get a handle on it, and so Ole Miss went 29-19. That made me sad because I was hoping to see a Texas school in the top 10, um, but the Aggies dropped to number 16, and pretty much now they can kiss their their hopes of maybe sneaking in through a back door by their win against Alabama into the national champion spotlight if certain games had happened certain ways. So it made me sad to see that Texas A&M not able to beat Ole Miss in Ole Miss. Uh, Ohio State, number five, Ohio State beats Purdue 59-31. Interesting storyline here is that Purdue has been the giant killer up in the Big Ten. And Ohio State made no business with those guys and took them seriously. Number seven, Michigan State making a claim to try to sneak into the national championship picture. They beat Maryland 40-21. to So it's going to be interesting to see how they come about and pick the top four schools to go to the national championship pool. Uh, but you know what? That's what college football is all about. Yep. It's been a really fun college football season so far. It has. It has. So all right. what else let's has been talk. fun? Yeah, let's talk some <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. As Jimmy uh, Jones would, or Jimmy Johnson, Johnson would say, yep. how about them Cowboys? Oh, yeah, you know? and I've got I've got my, my Dallas Cowboys ball cap on. I've promised every Monday I would wear this if they, um, after following a game win. So, um, fun stuff, fun stuff. Wow. Well, this week they made me look like a genius. Uh, <laughs> Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott got it together. Uh, and when they're humming, nobody can touch their offense. Uh, they win 43-3. to three. Um, I predicted a 21-point or more victory, and so thank you, Cowboys, for making me look good. Uh, but the Dallas Cowboys are on fire. Their defense is on fire. You know, I think the Denver Broncos just had their number They did last week. Yeah, they did. Um, you know, but the Cowboys are back on fire again. Honestly, when you look at their schedule, I don't know that they lose a game for the rest of the season. I think they finish out with just two losses. And so – from my what what do they say from my lips to God's ears right yeah from your lips to God's ears yeah they, and you're right I, I believe if you look at their schedule we I mean literally we should have we should have fairly you know it they should be the win in the win column they they should be so um gosh do, do I jinx us and say man Super Bowl this year come on <laughs> I mean well, they just I they looked really good. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. Yeah. Safe, safe oh, boy. Wouldn't it be yeah. great to be back in the Super Bowl, though? Well, sure. Uh, well, yeah. It's, I, literally, like I like I always say, JP, it was back when I was teaching high school at Plano East in the 90s. I have literally birthed two human beings who are both now over the age of 18. That's how long it's been since we've won a Super Bowl. Yep. The good old days. Yeah. I feel like singing some kind of song. I don't know if it's Dolly Parton or what. But <laughs> take me back to the good old days. Um, yeah, no, no doubt about it. I tell you, the biggest surprise this Sunday, I think, was the Arizona Cardinals. I, I don't know okay. if they're just falling apart or what, but the Carolina Panthers go into Phoenix and beat the Cardinals at home, thirty-four to ten. Um embarrassing and the Cardinals showed so much promise early on we'll have to see if Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals can bounce back after the Carolina Panthers shellacking of them but 
goodness gracious, did not anticipate that. Um, I did pick the Patriots to beat the Browns, okay. forty-five to seven. Um, I didn't pick that score, but um, I did say the Patriots would win that game, and uh, they did at home, forty-five to seven. The Eagles bury the Broncos, thirty to thirteen. The Vikings beat the Chargers in uh, L.A., twenty-seven to twenty. The Seahawks just not making it happen this year, while the Green Bay Packers and the uh, Aaron Lyon Rodgers, I mean Aaron Rodgers, and the Green Bay Packers win 17 to nothing. Uh, the Rams and the 49ers play. That's going to be an excellent game today. Uh, looking forward to that. And I picked the Kansas City Chiefs to win, and they did big. They did, yeah. I know. I'm sure Michelle's so Michelle, happy. There you go. So Michelle, congratulations! Yeah, I, I, fi- I figured exactly. she'd be happy after that win. That's good. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. And yep. so, uh, so big time, you know, big time pro football. When it all comes, when it all comes down to it, uh, again, I don't see how the Cowboys don't win the East uh, pretty easily. Um, right now, if you look at uh, the NFC and how things are going in the NFC East. Uh, the Cowboys are, it's an embarrassing division again. Um, the Cowboys are ahead seven, they have seven wins, two losses, while the Eagles are, are crawling in at four and six. The Washington, still they don't have a mascot, is three and six, and the New York Giants are three and six. Again, I don't see the Cowboys not making the playoff. Big shock, though, again, NFC West, the Cardinals are eight and two. Uh, they should really be nine and one, but they lose to Carolina. The Rams are seven and two, so they could draw with a victory tonight against the 49ers, a tie in the NFC West. Uh, the 49ers are limping at three and five. The Seahawks are three and six. In the North, the Packers are eight and two. Again, their nearest person is the Minnesota Vikings at four and six. My poor the Bears are three and six. <laughs> And then you've got the Lions of where they always rest at 0-8-1. Yep. So they are at the bottom. And then you've got, got your boy Tom Brady. Uh, got the Buccaneers sitting at 6-3 and three in the NFC South. The Saints are 5-4. and four. Panthers are 5-5. Five and five, And the Falcons are 4-5. and five. So, Kathy, watch that NFC South. That's going to be an interesting battle down there. Because there seems to be a lot of parity between the teams. Yep. Yep. So, interesting. You know, and... Tom Brady, gosh, he just, his athleticism, especially at his age in the sport that he's in, you still, it deserves applause. You've got to give the boy some credit on that. He's, he still is um, a solid athlete. He does. In the AFC, Kathy, it's a coin toss. Um, the only team that is showing to show any dominance at all is in the AFC South with the Titans. They're eight and two. Um, outside of that, uh, the best record in the AFC is six and three. Uh, the Chiefs are at six and four in the AFC West. Uh, they are one game ahead of the Chargers at five and four, the Raiders at five and four, and the Broncos at five and five. Uh, the Bills, who we thought were going to be on fire, uh, they are six and three, interestingly enough, with the Patriots yeah. knocking on their heels at six and four. So, I mean, there's just really no dominance except for the Tennessee Titans in the AFC South, and that is our NFL Roundup. Good stuff. I get college college football is has been phenomenal this season. I, I'm going to just agree wholeheartedly with you on that. And then um, the Cowboys, boy, they sure are fun to watch. Um, this is this has been a fun season, and um, you know you can see 
social media just blows up after the Cowboy games. Uh, it, it did yesterday. So um, we, we always have hope. Us Cowboy fans, we're diehard. <laughs> we, and we deserve a win. Come on. Come on. We deserve a win. I don't know that I, I don't know that I believe in that now. I don't, I <laughs> we, okay, we want a win. <laughs> How about that? We desperately want a Super Bowl. We just we just want to win. We do. It's it's right. been a it's now been a long it's been a long time coming for the Cowboys. A long time coming. Yep. Well, with that being said, uh, Kathy, I am off to Frisco ISD. It is time to help kids get back into school. Love it, love it, and love it. Yeah, we need to do um, one of these Mondays. We need to just talk about um, truancy. Uh, you know, I'm in the education consulting world, and I um, superintendents, not all, just all over the state of Texas, all over the country, are very concerned. Um, absences and getting kids graduated. It's become a big issue during COVID, so we need to do a, just a like a 15 minute segment one day talking about that. Um, if you've got school age kids or grandkids. You've got to make sure they're in school, um, even with, you know, COVID fears or what have you or whatever the concern is. They need to be in school and they need to be behaving. Um, unfortunately, we're well, seeing a trend, trend in the other way, JP. Yeah, scary. I mean, most districts are looking at the 80s uh, when it comes to uh, attendance rates. Mm. I mean, it's going to be it's something. That's it really. Something so talk about a boy. It, that's one of those things. And again, we need to do a whole segment on this. You're talking about literally, and, and you and I have bounced around the term, you know, an uneducated, a generation of uneducated kids. At this point, you're talking, it's, you're going to have fewer high school graduates than we did the generation before. Something's wrong with that. Just something's very right. wrong with that. Yeah. So we'll go, go push back the frontiers of, of darkness and save some kids. And, um, and again, we just, we appreciate the, um, the prayers um, coming in for Stan, yeah, for JP's so dad. Uh, we love your dad. Um, so glad he got to spend time with that sweet Cleo yesterday. Um, so anyways, prayers to your dad, prayers for the crew. Everybody have a blessed week and we will see y'all soon. See you soon. Abraham George, chairman of Carlin County Republican. Hello, Patriots. I'm Abraham George, chairman of Carlin County Republican Party. I wanted to invite you to our special event on November 27th. It's a gubernatorial debate happening here in Frisco, Texas at the Embassy Suites. Uh, then we will open at 9 a.m. and our debate will start at 10 a.m. We will have a straw poll at the end. It will be your choice, your chance to uh, voice your opinion. Who do you want to be your next governor of Texas? I would look forward to seeing you there. Come up and sign up. Come on and sign up at harlancountygop.org. You can get your tickets, and we would love to see you there. Thank you so much.